How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Who cares? Allie, is it okay with you if Ruben sits down? It's fine, Ruben. Thank okay. you for joining <laughs> us. Check it. I want to make sure. Um, Kevin's referring to our friend Ruben, who's in studio. Ruben, by the way, is a nice young man. If you call the Kevin and Bean show and you and Beer Mug doesn't pick up, Ruben is the one who picks up. And he does a bunch of other stuff for us. He's a very nice man. And the reason he's in studio right now is because we were talking yesterday off the air about people who do the right thing, even when it has negative repercussions for themselves. All right. So you're too honest for your own good. You could have gotten away with it <laughs> if it weren't for you giving yourself up. Yeah, I, I uh, experienced that a while back. Um, it's a gas station that's very close to my house that mm-hmm. I used to f- go to all the time. So I'm sure the gas station attendant probably saw me more than once and could recognize me. Oh, mm-hmm. I see how the story changes immediately mm-hmm. upon second telling. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went in to purchase gas and I had a $50 bill with me. And Money bags. What's right? happening over here? What are we paying Ruben? Oh, this is smallest before, I got. 50. This is before I worked here when I actually made money. Oh, <laughs> oh take a turn. So, uh, yeah, I had a $50 bill and I went and put, you know, 20 bucks on whatever pump it was. Mm-hmm. And um, the attendant gave me change as if I had given him a $100 bill. So now you have 80 bucks. Yeah. Luck out. So I, I was pretty happy about that. Sweet. And I was like, yeah, my day's going pretty good. So I went out to pump gas and... Um, I look across the street and there's a church, mm. and then my Catholic guilt kicks in. Okay, yeah, wait. <laughs> All right, hold on. So let me just ask you a question. So he gives you eighty dollars in change after you give him fifty bucks. Yes. Did you think about admitting it before you looked over and saw the church? Yes, because as he was giving me the money, I thought to myself, "Score." <laughs> right, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> then did you think I need to tell him the truth? Yes, you did immediately. I, I, think he, I think Ruben needed the minute. That it took him to walk back and start pumping his gas to really get the gears going in his head. And, and see the church. And realize this guy, I buy gas here all the time and this guy's going to know it's me. And I'll probably get found out if I don't turn it so back So it's in. more selfish than selfless, right? I was just thinking about doing the right thing the whole time. Even though I sure. knew I had extra money in my, in my pocket, I was like, I, you know, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, it's not your money. Exactly. But well, I heard a small business. Right. So uh, I saw the church and immediately thought, I, I got to do the right thing now. Mm. So I walked. If the church wasn't there. I, I, I don't know. It, okay. it could have been different. It could have worked out differently. <laughs> so you walked back in? Walked back in and I, um, he was distracted. So I knocked on the window and I said, hey, uh, I think you gave me more change than, than you should have. Mm-hmm. And he looked over at you know, the money I had given him and he realized it was a 50. And he said, oh, okay. And he's like, and so I just slid the money to him and he's like, thank you. Ruben, I think you did the right thing. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Bean. I've got Matt line two on hold. Okay. And he's in Huntington Beach. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Cabinet Beach Show. Thank you for listening. So you did an honest thing, even though it cost you. What was it? I was uh, remodeling somebody's house a couple years ago. Uh, they had just purchased the house, and we were almost done with the house. They ended up being a very nice couple, and I was crawling around in the attic, and I, I moved some insulation, and there's this really thick white envelope. 
And I was like, oh, don't, don't be full of money. <laughs> I, opened, I, I, I opened it up and it absolutely was full of money. It was that $2,700 in it. Wow. I, yeah, I stared at it for about 20 minutes. And you know those two little angels sure. on your shoulders? Which one yeah, was winning? Bas- Which one was winning for most of those 20 minutes? it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had this moment of clarity. I was like, ah. All right. Hey, so I, did I you? Downstairs. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did you think, yeah. hey, this might belong to the people that owned the house before? So, giving it to the new couple, not necessarily um, returning it. Well, I, I, I guarantee that's that's what, it had a, a date like 1995 on it, so it's been there for a long time. But the people that we were building the house for, they were really, really cool people. They bring, you know, tequila, and we do shots and stuff at the end of the week with them. They were right. they were really cool. All so. right. I, I took the money down and I said, "Hey, um, congratulations! I, I just found seven hundred dollars." <laughs> you know, well, I, I wish I thought that, but I, I don't know. Twenty seven hundred. But the so the the lady she she like her jaw hit the floor and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" And she pulled out three hundred bucks and gave it to me. Wow! And then uh, and then like the next week she bought me this like four hundred dollar bottle of uh, of. Really nice tequila. I don't, oh, I don't think that's what he's saying. What? That's not where this is going. Yeah, okay. Just buy right. tequila. You no, know, it's really not. She was uh, the senior citizen, but you know. That's All right, nice. Matt. But, let me ask you, know, you one. Ladies qu- need love too, Matt. <laughs> let me ask you one question before we have to go, and that is: Had the people whose home you were working on been dicks? Had you really not liked them? Do you think you would have kept the money? Absolutely, I would have kept the money. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Before we go back to these calls, Kevin. You had this happen to you. Yeah, I was on the receipt again. Super honest, right? Yes, I left my wallet at a McDonald's and went home. Mm-hmm. Some somewhere in there, it had my phone number on it, mm-hmm. and somebody that was just a customer called and said, "Hey, we have your wallet. If you left it there," and I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Like, I didn't even know where it was, of course, because I'm me, right? And um, and they said, "Yeah, we'll just we'll meet you here and we'll give it to you." And I was like, "Okay, great." So we set up a time. And I went to the McDonald's mm-hmm. and I figured, I don't know, there was twenty or thirty bucks in it. Mm-hmm. I figured they'd take the cash, but I got my credit cards back and my license, and so that would totally be worth. It. They gave it to me with all the cash in it. Did you give them something? No, I needed that thirty bucks. I don't make <laughs> Ruben <Kevin>. money. <laughs> no, of course I did, but it was that's a very cool thing for somebody to do. Yeah. Speaking of returning money, let's go to line seven. We'll get through as many of these as we can. This is going to be our friend Ray. He's in Chatsworth listening to the Kevin Bean Show. Ray, so honest it hurts. What happened? <laughs> How's it going, guys? How good, you doing? good. Thank you. Good, good. So, uh, so when I was eighteen years old, I uh, during holiday season, my friends and I were walking around the mall. And um, I came across this little pouch, and inside of it was $5,000. Wow. Um, to my surprise, you know, I was, I was super stoked at 18. I was really excited. I didn't know what to do with it, so I took it home for two days. Um, and uh, two days had gone by, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with it. I didn't tell my parents, didn't tell anyone else. And um, so I ended up going back to the same shopping center where there happened to be a little coffee shop. Um, and it turns out that an older gentleman, probably in his 70s, had come back the last two days looking for the money. Um, and so, uh, so I came back and the, uh, the clerk told me that that was, happening, that was happening. So I waited and sure enough, he showed up and I gave him back the money. Um, I felt pretty good about it, but uh, I will say that, it, you know, I was hoping that uh, at 18 he would pull out a little hundo and give me something, but... You know, of course. I left empty-handed. Out of five grand, he's like, thank you, and just left Nothing, it. <laughs> Nothing for the kid. Wow. Well, yeah, that's, you, literally, that, that's what happened. You did the right thing anyway, Ray. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah but if he had known in advance, he would have of peeled course. off a hundo before he returned <laughs> it, right? Hey, mm. congratulations. Here's your $4,900. Mm. <laughs> that is a, uh, I know I'm Mr. Bad Example, but that's Uncle Billy and It's a Wonderful Life. That's what the, the entire situation he just described right there. Okay. Very timely 1946 timely? movie reference. <laughs> <laughs> These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. We're not worthy, you guys. We're mm-hmm. not worthy. Writer, producer, composer, rapper, producer, songwriter, and the king of G-Funk, Warren G, in CD with us right now on the hey, Kevin we- Beach Show on K-Rock. What's up, man? Warren had a, uh, a more interesting morning than you folks know, but he's okay, and he's yeah. happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason we were lucky enough to have uh, Warren come in today is he's got a documentary getting ready to debut on YouTube Premium. Yes, indeed. It's called G-Funk. Now, it's premiering on July 11th, and this is the new kind of upgraded pay version of YouTube, right? Yes, yes. There's yeah. never been a time since that music that you and Dre and Snoop and the rest mm. made back in the early 90s where those songs have been off the radio for a minute, has there? I mean, you have, you've, there, uh, there's never been a day where you haven't heard yourself on the radio, I bet. Man, my, I'm in heavy rotation across the world still, <laughs> man. It's crazy. I didn't know that the, the music I was doing was going to still be playing 24 years later. When you, you know? did Regulate, did you know it was a better song than most you'd heard? Did you have I knew a it was good. Like, I, yeah, special... I, I knew it was good. At, and but the main thing I knew it was different, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot of the the hip hop back then was just more dark and going over, you know, different, you know, heavy drums and stuff like that. So I was like, you know, let me find some music that that sounds good, that's not hip hop of a hip hop feel, and let's do hip hop over it to make it different and sound perfect i wanted to ask you about that because i'm gonna play a little bit of michael mcdonald you keep believing and this is you'll recognize it oh yeah oh when i hear that now i think of warren g way before i think of michael mcdonald strings how did you (laughs) how did you discover this yeah my parents parents used to play it uh your parents would play it back in the day when i was a young kid and uh you know, as I got older and got into product, production, I used to go get records and dig and just listen to music. So I ran across the record, and, and you, you just know, heard like that I said, I wanted to be beginning. different. And uh, when I heard that, I was like, "Damn, this this would really sound really good with with some hip hop on it." You know, mm-hmm. and it'd be totally different from what everybody else was doing. Well, you were right. That was my favorite part of the documentary. Is you all talked about your parents listening mm-hmm. to everything Motown, Isley Brothers, everything. Yeah. You would hear it. You would walk out into the parties dancing with your yeah. aunts and uncles, everyone. And yeah. then I think it was Chuck D that said. The East Coast missed funk entirely. Yeah. It just didn't happen on the East Coast. How blessed were we out here on the West that then Warren G's like, it's going to be my thing. It's going to oh, be yeah. it. Well, we got to get, you know, George Clinton and uh, Parliament Funkadelic and, you know, all of the groups from back then. Mm-hmm. was Right. Was, that was like religion here on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, it was just a smooth feel. <laughs> I see what you're doing with your hand right there. <laughs> um, Warren G is here. We're talking about his film premiering on YouTube Premium on July the 11th. It's called G Funk. Part of what I love about your movie is it's a, a sweet love letter to your f- dear friend Nate Dog, who, by the way, we didn't get the chance to meet, yeah. but he seemed like such a wonderful person. Great guy, uh, real great. Uh funny just like we all me snoop and nate whenever we get together uh we like the three stooges <laughs> but uh he was a real real good 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 dude very talented and uh mm-hmm. for sure you know a lot of people ask me like 
how does it feel? I, it's terrible because that was one of the only guys that I really had a perfect chemistry with as far as making music. Hmm. Uh, and we was we was together, even though I did solo records. That was my partner, you know that you know. So it's yeah, like, you were so, you really had such complimentary skills, and it's yeah. like you could read each other's minds. It seemed yeah. like sometimes since high school. Yeah, you were by marriage br- stepbrothers with Dr. Dre, though. Yeah, that's for real. Uh-huh. How how's your relationship with Dre now? You see him much? I haven't seen him in a while. You know, he he busy doing his thing and doing what he do. Uh, He's busy being the richest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I, you know, like I said, I be on the road uh, doing this here and there. But you know, whenever we get a chance, we link up and mm-hmm. you know see each other. We may, we may be at the same event like Coachella. We was there one time together. Um, I didn't even know he was gonna be there, but I, he was with another group, and I was uh, doing the Heineken House. And then I found out found out through some of his guys because they came to see me mm-hmm. at the Heineken House. And then I went back over to where he was. And chopped it up with him for a minute. And then, That's great. You're a better man than me because I watched that documentary and I was pissed at Dre. Because <laughs> he wouldn't listen oh, to he, your music at he all? He wasn't no, listening no, to no, it. He, and then he, uh, you go, you show up to the airport to go on the chronic tour and they're like, no. Yeah, but Warren. that wasn't his fault. Now, you know, the, the, mm. the, the, the music part, uh, uh, as far as listening to me and Snoop, that, that uh, you know, it's, it's like I do it too. What you trying to get me to hear this for? You <laughs> right. don't know what you're doing. You don't know. You know, like the big brother, little bitty brother thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I grew up. Can I stay then, mad at Shook? Uh, I mean. I'm going to. You yeah, can't. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> hey, I'm glad it, he did. He was the way he was because it made it, it blessed me to, to be in the position to, I'm in right now. To do so. all the stuff on your own, for sure. Right. Yeah. Now, Kevin says Shug is a pussy. And Stop if, it. Oh, if no. Shug ever gets out of jail, Kevin says he'd like to say that to his Stop face. Stop it. What is wrong with you? That's what I've heard. Before we go, we got a final minute with our guest, Warren G., here in the studio on K-Rock. We call this 60 Seconds With. Kevin is going to rapid-fire questions at you, Warren. Okay. You just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind, and we're off. What would most people be surprised to find out about you? Uh, that I like to cook. You like to cook? Yeah. What were you like in high school? Uh, player. <laughs> <laughs> At one point in your movie, Snoop quit rap, mm-hmm. threw away 100 pieces of paper, mm-hmm. and you went right to the trash and took them out. Is that true? Yes. I Snoop was right so frustrated that he wanted to quit. And you said no. I told him no. I ain't gonna let you give up on your on, on your dream. So I grabbed him out the trash and took him right back to him. What is the movie you have to finish watching every time you come across it? Oh wait, uh, God, Entrapment. All right. Uh, would you consider what we do here a gangsta party? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was yes with a giant question mark on it. Now you guys, oh geez. <laughs> um, when you guys started selling candy, all right, Warren, I know you got to go. You have another interview. Um, we really good. appreciate your time today. It's all good. It's really exciting for us. The music okay. documentary is called G Funk. We've all seen it and loved it. Okay. And it premieres July 11th on YouTube Premium. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Warren. We appreciate Thanks, you coming Thank in. you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, guys. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's cool. I'm guessing it's many things. Cool is probably the one thing it's not. It's not. The world famous K-Rock. Blogger turns skin removed in designer vagina surgery into necklace. <laughs> I so the- mean. So the topic is going to be, you had a medical procedure and something was taken either off or out of your body. And rather than just put it in the medical waste can, 
you talked the personnel at the hospital into giving it to you. So now you have a piece of you somewhere in a jar. Kevin, if you had, and I'll tell, we'll tell the story about the, uh, the designer vagina surgery here in a second. Okay. But if you, if you had a, uh, here's just an example. Let's say you went in for a brain tumor operation. Right. right? They took out a brain tumor. Right. Wouldn't there be some strength in having that tumor in a jar, put it on your mantle at home and going, I beat that mother effer. No. That, that tumor right there, that tumor came from me and I won. Here's the thing. I don't have to question, hey, should I keep that mm-hmm. and look at it on the mantle like Bean says and say, hey, effer, I won. Mm-hmm. Or should I not keep it? Because that thought never enters my mind. They take it out. They dispose of it. And then I'm healthier, and I move on with my life. Right, but they're taking out something that was significant. It was a, it was a, it potentially could have killed you, right. but it didn't. Right. I can see wanting to have that that victory reminder yes. around in my house. I can you see that. You could see that. I couldn't. Uh, here's the story for Tracy Kiss is her name. She went to the gym within the last few months, Allie, and she realized that there was a lot of pain happening, and she mm-hmm. felt it before. It was a burning sensation after exercise, and she, she went to the doctor, and it turned out that she had a cyst. And a cyst had developed in her lady parts because of friction of the excess skin on her labia. Oh. We heard from a lot of people in yesterday's show who begged me to never say the word labia again on the right. show. Right. Yeah, that would be great. Wow. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> she was advised to have it removed after the operation. She asked the surgeon if she could keep the skin, and she proudly displayed it at home in a jar full of surgical fluid. So she kept her labia in a jar, and then at some point, and maybe this is too much information, but at some point... It's a, we're way past too much information. <laughs> at some point, it started to turn gray oh, and dear. not be attractive. It didn't have... Oh, it was oh attractive as opposed for to when it was that hot-looking well, labia right? in a jar. At, Checks at, out that jar. At, at some point, at the beginning, it was like a, a kind of an attractive pink, and nope. now it's turned all gray. Oh. So she decided, hey, I still want to keep this, but I need some more attractive way to, to keep it. So what she did is she went through the steps and turned it into jewelry, and now she wears her labia in a necklace around her neck. I sort of have a boner. <laughs> See, oh. I, I told you. <laughs> no, <it's> good. <laughs> so she is proudly displaying it, and uh, not everybody is on board, but a lot of people understand totally where she's coming from. She says it's a good reminder that people should speak out about female genital surgery, and she hopes that it will be a talking point. She hopes that people will ask her about it, and she can have a discussion. Well, who's going to say, hey, those earrings look like your labia. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Honestly, that's going to happen anywhere, anytime. What kind of happy hour is she going to? <laughs> She's Seriously. not looking for conversation about it. Well, let's see. She's why... wearing earrings. Let's see what's going on with Erica in Redlands on line two. Erica knows what's up, and we welcome you to the Kevin Bean Show. What's going on? Hi, good morning. Good morning, crazy person. <laughs> well, this happened when I was a kid. I was kind of a weird kid. I had to have my tonsils removed, and I talked to the doctor into letting me take them home in a jar. Mm-hmm. And do you still have them today? <laughs> no, I think my mom flushed them down the toilet. Yeah, because your mom is a right-thinking American. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got put right into therapy, didn't you, Erica? <laughs> I support you, Erica. I think you did <laughs> the right thing, did. and your mom's a bad lady. Thank you for the call. By Let's... the way, Bean, just for the record, uh, kept his donkey's mm-hmm. balls Oh, is that code? No. Okay. He owned a donkey and right. he helped cut off the balls. Well, I, I was involved in the, in neutering my, him, my pet. Yes. Put him in a jar okay. and brought them to K-Rock no. at work where he mm-hmm. kept that jar of donkey balls for, I want to say, five, six years. Yeah. Wow. And then it started leaking, which was unfortunate. Oh, my God. <laughs> So 
that's who I work with. That's why we yeah, don't share a lot. That's why we don't share a locker anymore. Hey, uh, let's go back to Redlands and talk to Hector Line 5. I don't know what's going on out at Redlands, but he's got a hell of a story. Welcome to the show, sir. Yeah, what's up, Kevin Bean? 909 coming through, Hector. Okay, my son was born with an extra finger on his left hand, so he had a little finger coming off his pinky. Doctor told us to tie it with the fishing string, and it eventually fell off in a couple of days. So now mm-hmm. we have it in the closet, like a little black raisin. <laughs> Why do you have it in the closet? I don't know. My wife just felt weird throwing it away, so we just kept it. And Doesn't she it. feel weirder like about it now? Years. No, it's actually still pretty cool. We still have it. All right. Okay. See, when the party okay, gets Hector. slow, he can go to his closet and pull something out to get it going again. Yeah, that's what he wants for a party. Let's take George in Torrance, line six, up next on the Kevin and Bean Show. Uh, when I was about eight years old, I was taken down to TJ, uh, got my appendix removed, was kept above the refrigerator afterwards. Um, first of all, let's, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> who, who made the pack deci- here, George? <laughs> so you said TJ. <laughs> who made the decision? Hey, you know what? We need surgery. Let's leave America. Um, basically, the doctors couldn't find what was wrong with me. So as soon as we di- went down to TJ, within two minutes of being examined by the doctor, he said, "I want to put you in the emergency room, emergency room right away." Yeah, but they take everybody's appendix out right. when you go to the doctor. I mean, it's TJ. It's very possible there was nothing wrong with you, George. And how's it look all these years later in a jar above your fridge? I have no idea. It was probably flushed down the toilet years and years ago. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. All right, so you don't have it anymore. All right, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, Here's a text from the 951. I'm a nurse practitioner, and people always want to keep their bits and pieces. One lady wanted to keep the staples I took out of her scalp. One patient I met keeps his dismembered finger in a jar and takes Mm. it with him when he goes out. No! Keep that in mind when you're on Tinder this weekend. It could be that dude. All right. Let's try it while we got. Let's go to Al. I'd like to talk to him in right. Duarte because he sort of did the same thing as the girl in the story. Hey, Al. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We are good. How are you? Good. Uh, when I was in high school, I had my wisdom teeth removed and I hung on to them for a few years until I was in my mid-20s or so. I always had a plan to turn them into cufflinks. So uh, I found a jeweler who was willing to do that. So I took up my teeth, and a few hundred dollars later, I had a nice pair of white cufflinks that I yeah! still Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. I don't know. I'm sure that. Um... The kids love that. Uh, cufflinks. So that's a conversation starter, right, Al? Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, most people don't realize what it is. Some people actually think it's kind of gross, but... Uh, you know, it's one of a kind, and you won't find it anywhere else. I That's, mean, for a good reason. That Keep doing what you're doing. Hey, let's do one more. Let's, yeah! Whoops, sorry. The kids let's are see. really excited about this topic. Let's do one more. Let's make it Jason in Simi Valley. It's a weird thing to keep here. Hey, Jason. What to do? Oh, Jason. You, you, kept, you kept what? You kept what? <laughs> oh, body Jason. Part. So uh, I had kids at a very early age. 20 was my first. Okay. Uh, second one 18 months later. Okay. Um, I had a third one. After I went to a uh, urologist to get a vasectomy, oh, uh, he said no. I was too young. So six years later, I have a third kid. Uh, at this time, my wife is in nursing school, and she asked the practitioner if she could come in the room with and, and assist. And sure enough, uh doctor lets my wife come in and what? assist. Uh, somehow she convinces him and wants to make sure that my one-inch portion of my vas deferens was kept and very secured in a jar she took your penis didn't she be honest (laughs) so you have the piece that they pulled out when they did the vasectomy you still have it in a jar 
you know what? I don't have it to this day. We kept it for five years as a novelty thing. This was 20 years ago. Did you, as Bean stuff. says, bring it out when the party got slow? <laughs> <laughs> Can I go it again? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, yeah, so your fourth it. kid was just a, a, a little thing in a jar then. Exactly. All wow. right. Thank you for the call, right. Jason. Appreciate that. Hey, great talking to everybody. <laughs> See, I told you our listeners would come through. Yeah. That was fun, right? Yeah, that was great. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. They're idiots. Uh, Allie, you brought this to our attention last mm-hmm. week. A very funny article by coincidentally somebody that you are friends with, uh, Allison Siegel, who's on the line. Oh, she's a delight. She is a delight, and she's so funny. You should definitely follow her on Twitter at online Allison. She's hilarious. But the article is nine of the weirdest dating apps to try. Because what do you really have to lose? Allison writes for all sorts of great uh, publications, including EliteDaily.com and with uh, XO Jane, Hello Giggles, uh, Vice, a whole bunch more. And she joins us on the phone right now. Hey, Allison, how are you? Good. How are you guys? So happy to have you on. Say hi to Allie. Hey, Allie. Hi, how Allison. Are you? Great. How are you? Good. My name, buddy. I know. <laughs> so are you a, a single gal, Allison? I, I am a single gal. <laughs> so when you were researching this article and you found some of these crazier dating apps, did you actually like sign up and like check it out and uh, dig around under the hood to see what they're all about? You're asking right now if I'm a member of Juggalove.com is <laughs> yes, what I, I'm gathering. Yes, I am. That's exactly <laughs> am what my thought was. <laughs> no, I have not signed up, but I'm not going to lie. Hot Sauce Passions is of curiosity to me. All right. Tell me about Hot Sauce Passions. Okay. So Hot Sauce Passions is a website for people who uh, love things like Tapatio or Cholula. My curiosity, though, with Hot Sauce Passions is that it also includes a book club and a webcam on oh. the website. Mm. So I'm not really sure exactly if it's a dating service or what kind of thing this is. But um, it, uh, the website says that it's a social network, a dating website, and a place to find emotional support if you that, love hot sauce. That has a lot going on. Yes. Uh, imagine loving hot sauce so much, though, that that is your defining characteristic. Like yeah. some people would be what their favorite sports team is or even what their religion is or something like that. Hot sauce is your thing. I mean, that's hard to imagine there are enough people to keep a, 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 an app like this going. And also, what does a first date look like between two people who love hot sauce? Oh, I, guess I you think just... you know, Allison. <laughs> I think you know. I think you just have to one-up <laughs> each other on who likes it hotter, I would imagine. What's the aftermath of a first date? Well, yes. that's <laughs> disturbing. That is a great Maybe question. Maybe that's where the webcam comes in. That's a whole other fetish. <laughs> yeah, that's the webcam fetish part. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, FarmersOnly.com, oh, which boy. is probably the, I would imagine it's the most well-known of the apps that you reviewed in this piece, right? Yes, for sure. And they have those great commercials. Um, you consider a farmer, Allie? What do you think? Oh, oh, absolutely. They have the flannels. They have the good beers. The cowboy hat, I could take it or leave it. But the tractors, I'm also very into as a means of transportation. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, uh, I wasn't surprised that there is a website for juggalos and juggalettes. That just makes sense because that's a special breed of people, the Insane Clown Posse fans. But I was surprised to see you write about a site called clowndating.com. What did you find out about that? Okay, so clowndating.com is a website for people who have a clown fetish. Now, a clown fetish entails a very certain type of uh, sexual activity. There's a, there's a fetish for everything. But um, this means you like being spanked with rubber chickens. 
Sure. <laughs> As one does. That's, that's actually how Allie and I became friends. Yes. Okay. If you want to know yep. the backstory. It's true. Um, it's true. <laughs> are you like a cream pie to the face? Oh. Okay. Oh, oh no, literally. Literally a pie. Oh, an actual yes. cream yes. pie. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. I misunderstood. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Should have had the backstory of that. Um, uh, you wear red shoes, the large red shoes, mm-hmm. uh, into the bedroom, full clown makeup. The uh, wigs. So that's, if that's your thing, then clown singles is for you. Okay. But as nearly, as nearly as you can tell, is, it, it's not a joke site that somebody just set up to imagine how funny it would be if there were clown fetishists finding each other. You think this is real and there are members and there are people meeting on a site like that? Oh, no, 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 no. Clown, clowns, I've done fetish writing before and clown dating is an actual real subset of the BDSM kink community. No Absolutely. Kidding. Are they all in on the It movie coming out in a couple of weeks? Is that like the biggest event on their calendar all year long, I would imagine? Yeah. For many people who have clown fetishes, it was like a seminal movie for their development, for like their sexual development. We are, this, is an, this is an educational interview here I'm today. I'm telling I you. Had, Allison's had... got a lot of info on things we never even thought of. It's amazing. Uh, Bozo the Clown, Ronald McDonald, and like Stephen King's It were seminal features in like their... How about, uh, you know, there's one, I, I just noticed, there's one on the list, and we're talking to a writer, Allison Siegel, about her article on EliteDaily.com, Nine of the Weirdest Dating Apps to Try. And uh, there's one that I just noticed that we've had a lot of experience with here on the Kevin Bean Show over the years, because a lot of times we'll hold concert events and we'll be at a hotel the same time that the furry convention is going on. Yeah. We have met hundreds of furries over the years working here for K-Rock, and I don't know how, how you found the furry community. They are the nicest people in the world, Allison. So nice. I've interviewed a lot of furries before, too, and they are like the sweetest, kindest, most inclusive people ever. Totally. Yes. And it's kind of like a deviation of the anime community. Mm -hmm. And I found that they're actually, the whole sexual um, connotation to their subculture isn't necessarily true. Um, yeah, that was my understanding, too, is that they are furries who happen to have sex with other people who are into furries, just like anybody would happen to have sex with people. But the furry is kind of separate from the sexuality is what it seemed like to me, if I'm not wrong on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got the same feeling from that, that we, we tend to sexualize what isn't necessarily a sexual you know, instance, that they're mostly into you know the, the drawing aspect of it and... Like the the anime, the the large costumes, the getting together, things like that, and then we've we've kind of perverted whatever it is that they're doing. Exactly, we're the freaks on the outside of the furry community. <laughs> yes, literally, I think we are the ones with the fetish. <laughs> All right, last one I wanted to ask you about: zombie passions. That's a dating site. Yes, zombie passions for if you like long, slow walks around the mall and eating brains. <laughs> And what are, what are these people like? Who are, who are the zombie passion folks? Listen, this one I think is mostly a joke, clearly. Okay. But if you like horror movies and if this is kind of in your wheelhouse, I would go to Zombie Passions, find a like-minded zombie movie aficionado. All right. I bet this is just scraping the surface, by the way. I bet now you're going to get a lot of people who are going to be reaching out to you telling you of other crazy sites that exist that you didn't even know about. Yeah, and maybe uh, people can find me on Juggalove as Clown Daddy Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> EliteDaily.com is where you find the article. Look for Allison on Twitter at Online Allison. A lot of fun talking to you. Thanks for coming on The Kevin and Bean Show. Thanks. Have a good one. I really don't like any of them. The Kevin and Bean Show. How can you say that, bro? So maybe they're not politically correct, but it's funny. <laughs> 
K-Rock. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What's on your mind, Allie? This text from Bean's wife, Donna. Okay. Please ask Bean to tell you about inviting a 20-year-old co-ed jogger to come to our house to take a shower today. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? What are you talking about? I have a lot of questions here. I have a lot of questions. Like, if she's jogging, you clearly weren't. Right? It's not like you were running alongside her going, hey, you need a place to shower. What is going What could possibly have happened? Dean, what happened? In what world? How did this happen? I suspect Kevin's a little jealous that I came up with this idea before he did. Are you just running next to joggers asking them if they need a shower? And Dean has a very short window because he's not a jogger, so he can keep up for about 20 seconds and he's got to make it work. <laughs> Say yes, or you're gonna leave me behind. I, I said you answer an- now. Do you, do you want a shower? <laughs> and how did she not run immediately the other way? Why is Donna texting this because, to you, Allie? Because she knows how Come much on. I love you and care. I want to help you through this. Right. What is happening in New Orleans right now? All right, I will tell 20 you. Twenty-year-old what- co-ed jogger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Come shower at our house. Come shower at our house. Danielle, yes. Bean um, has- Danielle, he caught her name. <laughs> Maybe Bean has more game than anyone knows. He does. I couldn't I, I, get a 20-year-old to come take a shower at my house if I wanted to, nor would it ever occur to me. <laughs> Bean's insane. All right. I will tell Please you tell what happened, yes. but um, I would also I would first like to give you the opportunity <laughs> to take a stab at it. Take oh, a guess, guess under under what scenario could that possibly have happened? Because it is accurate. It did happen. A 20-year-old co-ed jogger. Mm -hmm. Uh, She fell right in front of your house. She scraped up. And she needs to, you know, get the gravel and blood out of her knee. Oh, Not very sexy, but I don't know. And you were already on the ground from falling, so she (laughs) fell right next to you. (laughs) All right. Here's here's what happened. Okay. We had some very cold weather in uh, the Gulf South, and a bunch of, hard to believe, the uh, the pipes in New Orleans that are hundreds of years old don't hold up under a freeze sometimes. One and we had a we had a bunch One of pipe pipes. holds up. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Here we go again, right? Why do you yes. try to make all my stories oh, we know. dirty? That's not what's happening here. To be proud that your pipe held up. Right? Yes. So a bunch That's of pipes. Pipe. A bunch of pipes broke, and they they issued a boil water advisory. Now, on top of that, because of all the pipes that were turned I've off and being boiled repaired, some water. you want to come over to the house? Because all the pipes were being repaired, the water pressure was super super low for lots of people. Okay. Okay. So 
many people, they would turn the shower on and there would be almost no water coming out. Right. Not enough mm-hmm. to take a shower. Okay. So, so you went door to door and knocked on all your neighbors' houses? And looked for the young ones. Yes. <laughs> so that's the backstory. Okay. So I'm out walking Linus the other day, mm-hmm. and here comes jogging Danielle, a woman who I know, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because she is from Pennsylvania, and she is a crazy bulldog person, too. She's got bulldogs at home. Okay. So every time we run into each other in the neighborhood, she stops and chats with me, plays with Bruce, plays with Linus, yeah. and we talk about bulldogs, right? Yeah. So we're having a conversation about the cold and whatnot, yeah. not sexy, and she says, I, all right, I'll wait till you're done. She says, I got, a, I got a trip tomorrow, I'm going out of town, I'm going to Michigan, and I can't even take a shower. I can't go to the airport like this. I've got to take a shower before I go away on my trip. And in my mind, I'm thinking, my water pressure's fine. I know a place you can get wet. Oh, yeah. I'll hose you down in the front yard. Yeah, my pipes might be old, but they're good. So I'm thinking in my mind, and this is where I think you guys are going to actually be proud of me. Nope. In my mind, I'm thinking... Uh, I know this lady. I would I would not say that we are uh, friends. Like I don't have her phone number or anything like that. But I mean, we've run into each other multiple times. How many over is the... multiple though? Is it three, five, probably five okay, times? Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I uh, we know each other by sight and by name. Okay? okay. So I'm thinking the neighborly thing to do if you find out that somebody you know has no water pressure mm-hmm. is to invite them to your house to take a shower. But and still, then... that's it. But still, that's a that's a bold move. Yeah. For you to invite a 20-year-old girl over to your house to take a shower. And here's where I think you guys will realize that I am learning as I go. In my mind, I thought that's the polite thing to do is Mm -hmm. to help this lady out before her trip. But there's no way to make that offer to her without her potentially misinterpreting it. So I did not. Bean might be learning. What? So I did not offer her the shower opportunity. But then when I got home, I said to my wife, hey, I ran into Danielle. She had no water pressure. And I thought about offering her for a shower. shower. And she said, just this once, though, right? Because if I ever come home and Danielle's taking a shower at the house, you're going to have some splaining to do. So you went back out and scoured the streets? What's the route? I've been driving around for eight hours. I can't find her. I couldn't find her. I need her naked body in my shower. I'm furious now. So did I make the right decision by not offering it, or am I a terrible neighbor by not helping somebody out who's oh, got no water pressure? No. I could answer that honestly. Yeah. You made the right decision really? by not offering. Yes, one hundred. Because it would have been an, it would have been an, a, a, a polite thing to do. I think. yes, it would have been, and it also would have come across as creepy. There's no way to ask a woman into your shower without it. No, if you've met her five times <laughs> and the age difference is, is quite something significant, yeah, yes, I would say no. So were you able to how did you phrase it then when you how did you find her again? I didn't. That was it. That That's was the end. end of the story. You didn't That's the end of the story. Bean did the right thing apparently. I didn't invite her into my house to take a shower and I went back and I ran it by Donna and she said I would have been it would have been fine if you had done that but you made the right call by not offering it cuz there's no way she would never have talked to you again. <laughs> she never she would have pretended she didn't see you. She never would have seen the bulldogs again. She would have uh, changed her route. She might have even moved out of the city have you had have you invited her. Do you sit on your little porch every day yes. and knit, knitting or crocheting or whatever you do and watch for her to run in front of your house? Please come by. <laughs> Please. My yo. shower works so well. Where are you? <laughs> 
That's my favorite part of the show when they have the crazies on. I know. I feel so guilty for laughing, but it is so funny. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Some jobs you can just um, you can size it up, and mm-hmm. you can just say to yourself, "I would be terrible at that job." Okay. I, this would be not a, a job that I could keep more than a couple days. And that's, for me, that's a costume character. Really? Costume characters at, at birthday parties and mm-hmm. stuff. Because I feel like there's a lot of little kids that are dicks. There's a lot of adults that are dicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah, Santa, a Santa in a mall. Who wants that job? Yeah, you're at the mercy of a lot of people, for sure. Right. And you have to behave because you're representing someone else, basically. Sure. So I played this audio first thing this morning, but a 55-year-old woman got drunk and, uh, I mean, basically tried to have sex with the Easter Bunny. According to witnesses, Hewitt was drunk, grabbed the person in the rabbit costume in what they call inappropriate ways, and made lewd comments, all in full view and within earshot of families at the indoor park. One of the witnesses decided to call Mansfield Police. Now, she was grinding on him. She, at one point, it looks like she reached down between his legs. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I mean, she was really... Looking for the carrot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Yes, that's what we're Got saying. it. Chip, you've done some of this. It's interesting. In a lot of different Yeah, places. in a lot of different capacities in yeah. a few years. And it's a weird psychology because people love to tell you, I know you're a person in a costume, and they'll make comments, and they're like, "Is it hot in there?" But at the same time, wait, why do they want to? Why do they feel the need to do that? I don't. It's yeah, it's weird. But at the same time, I think because you have a static face, there's that still that disconnect that oh, that's not a that's not a person. I can do whatever I want to that person. Oh, so yeah, that's it, where that comes. So from. it's like a duality of between I know you're a human, but you're not. So I've been so, in situations where I've gotten groped doing it. You I've have. Gotten, yeah, I've gotten beat up. I got jumped once by like three college guys. And what? Yeah. Like it's in the uh, it's And you were in costume. I was in costume. What? Yeah. Oh, good lord. Yeah. Right? You don't expect and, to get but there's, jumped. Like, there's there's great things about like when the kids are awesome, it's awesome and you know, and parents can be awesome too, but parents can also be nightmares exactly. and kids can be nightmares. You know, grab, punch, all this like that that You got punched happened. all the time. All, no, I mean all, it, it was common. Like it wasn't I wouldn't say it was an If you got day. punched, you would not be surprised. Yeah. Let's talk to uh, Sandra in San Dimas. Hello Sandra. Hi. Hi, thanks for good listening. Morning. Um, tell us where you worked and, and how that was. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, and um, every now and then I would get beat up. I really loved the job, but I didn't love the days that I would get beat up. So, like, one time... I mean, there's here's the thing about that, is that most people, <laughs> you either like your job or you don't, but you don't have e- every other day I get beat up. Yeah, that's insane. That's yeah. Ever! <laughs> well, I'm an editor now, so we're used to abuse, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back in the day, I, I loved it because I, I got to play video games and I got to dance around. So that was fun. But I got when I would get beat up, it'd be kind of rough. Um, there was these pack of feral kids who were chasing me around. <laughs> feral kids. <laughs> yeah, and I attempted to run into my little Chucky closet. And <laughs> is there a video um, of this? I would pay anything for that. I, wish, I, wish. I would pay anything for that video. <laughs> well, Chucky uh, my... is running from kids. Yeah. So you didn't so make he... it to the Chucky closet this time? Well, not yet. So uh, as I was running, my shoe came off, my costume shoe. Oh, no. And so then you could see, like, my little converse underneath. So I attempted to put that shoe back on, and in, in doing so, my head almost came off. So it's kind of a hot mess. Then I finally got myself put together. I ran to the door. I opened it, and I attempted to close it, but, like, the big leader of the pack, she held it open. Oh, no. I was trying to close it, and I was starting to get, you know, an asthma attack coming on. 
So I, I leaned up to her and I said some words that shook her and allowed me to close the door. All right. Oh, my. <laughs> so I escaped. Nice. Good Lord. Who has to deal with that at work? Chucky. Yeah. Chucky. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Sandra. <laughs> we appreciate it. All right. That's a terrible, terrible story. Uh, Joel at Alhambra. Hi. Hey, what's up, party people? Man, this job seems rough. Well, you were a costume character where? So I was in high school. I was a costume character at SeaWorld. And actually, I really enjoyed it for that summer and a year and a half there, except for one incident. Uh, SeaWorld has a bar. And, of course, as you're seeing, there's a theme of drunkenness going around. So I'm here with the kids. I'm, I'm Pete the Penguin. I'm having fun. And I see this guy and a whole group of people coming through, and he's just drunk. He's, he's stammering. So he pushes a couple kids. And he grabs me, and, you know, the costume has a big old helmet on his head. And he says, hey, man, I love you. And he hits my head. And what ends up happening, the helmet goes all the way around, and it crushes my nose. Oh, so no. I start, I start bleeding. Um, and I wasn't really behaving. So he walks, he walks away. I turn around. I'm here I am as Pete the Penguin. I kind of hobble all the way to him. I grab him, and I bring him close to my helmet, and I say, hey, what the F, dude? Like there's kids here, that's just not cool. So my my escort had to had to get me, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on? What's going on? We got to go back. We got to go back. So we have to go back to our thing." Um, he filed a complaint a week later. My boss turns me into the office and says, "Hey, okay, so you have two choices: either you quit or we fire you." Wow, Pete the yeah. Penguin. Wow, that's Pete bogus. The penguin, you know? But that was such a cool job. I mean, we're only outside for 30 minutes. You get a 45 minute break. Um, it was really cool, but you know, not when people hit your helmet. Yeah, that does yeah. seem like maybe that's a negative that you don't want to endure. All right, thank you for the call. We appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Kim in Pasadena. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. So I worked at a popular amusement park. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. Good enough. <laughs> and there, there were many stories, but the one I chose to share was. When I just had enough, you get kicked, you get punched and hit and spat on and pinched every day. And I just had enough. And this one high schooler decked me across the head Mm. and I saw the fist come down. So I grabbed it and I hollered, I've had it. (laughs) My manager got involved and security came and carted the kid off and the parent was there and the, the dad was there. And so... My manager said, don't press charges. The DA is going to drop it. The DA is not going to do anything. Just go for the apology. And so I said, okay, fine. Let's see if he apologizes. So he was in security with his dad, and he was denying it when I walked in behind him. And he goes, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't hit anybody. And then he turned around, and they said, well, this is the employee that says you hit them. And he goes, I didn't. Oh, my God, I hit a girl. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, Wow. And the dad just looked at me. He's like, you're so dead. He got in trouble. Oh, my God. That is not a job (laughs) that I feel like I would ever be able to do. Mm -mm. God bless you, Kim. (laughs) I don't do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. Hey, Dan Reynolds. What's going on, man? Doing great. Thanks so much. Very excited to have you today of all days because your documentary Believer on HBO. This uh, is a movie that is very important and we are urging our listeners to definitely watch it. I was stunned to see in the film, Dan, that in your state of Utah, your home state of Utah, the leading cause of death for teenagers is suicide. Yeah, it's it's heart-wrenching. 
Um, and then LGBTQ youth are eight times more likely to take their life when not accepted in their home or community. So you kind of put those two statistics together and, and Utah being one of the highest suicide rates in the nation. Um, it's just, you know, something has to give, something has to change. And your something has to give, something has to change in part is what led you to say, hey, I need to I need to spread this uh, message. We need to talk about what's going on here. And that's why you made the movie. Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, I've, I've heard over the years people say, well, the suicide rate has gone up three times, four times in Utah. Well, you know, it's just it's because of the altitude. And the altitude is not changing. The altitude is not going up three to four <laughs> right. times. And, um, and then on top of it, um, you know, you have it, – it's a black eye on the state. And so, of course, the state doesn't want to acknowledge it and say, hey, we have a problem. You know, we have this, this, this issue. Everybody's kind of just turning their head away from it. And what's happening is the suicide rate – just continues to move up. It seems like the Mormon church didn't want to acknowledge that either. No, I think, you know, nobody wants to acknowledge their frailties. Nobody wants to, to, to shine a light on something that's broken in a culture or society. But that's exactly what has to happen in order to create change. And so I think that for me, you know, I've born and raised Mormon. Um, I have a lot of love for Mormonism and, 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 you know, there's a lot of great things that come of it. Sure. Um, but, this is a unique way that the culture is failing. And it com- what it comes down to is at the end of the day, we just cannot be telling our youth within Orthodox religion. It's not just Mormonism. It's, you know, it's Judaism. It's, it's, it's the Muslim faith. It's any Orthodox religion that tells our youth that their most innate sense of being or sexuality, which is unchangeable, uh, is sinful. How could you ever expect a child to have a healthy life when you tell them it's the, you know, something that should be celebrated, their ability to love, they should be ashamed of, and they should Amen. hide it and fight against it and suppress it. So. Amen. Dan, I was very impressed by the fact that you had the conversation of, should I leave the Mormon church, or should I remain a Mormon and try to change the church? And the latter seems like it's much more difficult. Yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, if I walked away from Mormonism and said, you know what, I, I disagree with this, and you're killing our youth, I'm out of here. I just think that doesn't do anything. It's not that's not going to create any change. It's it's you know people. I know there's people, so many people on the outside of Mormonism or, or religion that would look in on this and say, "This is stupid." If you really cared about this, you would say, "Mormonism sucks, and everybody should get out." And I, I got to say, that's just an uneducated point of view because, first of all, like I said, it won't do anything if I leave. And second of all, you can't tell these kids who are fourteen, fifteen years old to leave their their situation right 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 greater risk they might get kicked out of the house that that you know they might believe in that faith and then you're taking yeah. away their faith structure completely on top of them having to deal with fighting their sexuality and so you're putting them in a actually a more dangerous position so my goal is to stay within the home and, and try to put out the fire instead of just walking away we're talking to Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons about the movie Believer I wanted to ask you I apologize in advance I'm not a lyrics guy when it comes to music, but is the song Believer, which the movie is named after, is is that the intent of the lyrics of the song? Did you think about this ahead of time or did it just work in perfectly? You know, it's, it's interesting because it's a little bit of both. It was a broad view on me deciding, you know, in my life that I was going to go down a path that was for the first time for myself. I really lived a lot of my life trying to be as inoffensive to people, to not hurt my parents, to not hurt their beliefs, to not hurt my friends. And so I, I really knew that, you know, I was going into a phase of life where 
I was going to speak my truth. And I knew that was going to hurt some people or anger some people along the way. So, you know, the first line of that song is first things first, I'm going to say all the things. Time I had, I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. And it was kind of my liberating moment of speaking my truth. And so, yeah, certainly this documentary is, is part of that. And there have been people along the way who are behind it like you guys, and I appreciate that. But there have also been, you know, I've gotten countless emails from people or met parents who have said, you know, you're going to die and you're going to see God and God's going to say, shame on you. You made more kids gay. Dude. And um, that's, so, that's a scary yeah, frame of mind. That's, that's an actual thing that people believe. Yeah. You know? And, and um, all you can do is say, well, you, sorry you feel that way. <laughs> you you've got to stay off the Internet, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, don't ever read yeah, the comments. Yeah. That's what we've learned doing this job. Um, last question from me, sir. And that is, um, are you it's a two parter. Are you surprised you as outspoken as you have been on this issue have not been excommunicated from the church? And B, if that does happen, Will you be deeply hurt? That's a great question. If I was excommunicated, would I be deeply hurt? Yeah, for sure I would. My whole family's Mormon. And when you are excommunicated, you're, it's, it's being told that your whole family is going to go to this great place in heaven and you're going to go to a dark, sad place where you don't get to be with them. Whether that's true or not, just that you know, if it's true to them, yeah, even course. if it wasn't true to me and it's just true to my mom, mm-hmm. that's devastating yeah. to tell to my mom. You know what I mean? So. Would I be hurt? Yeah, of course I'd be hurt. Um, do I think they'll do it? I don't want. I mean, I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't want to like be like. Poke no, the bear. I won't do it because you know maybe they'll be like, "Hey, are you calling us out?" You know? Right. But yeah. Think, let's not so, make it a challenge. I think it'd be really silly to. Yeah, I think it'd be really silly to excommunicate someone for saying, "Hey, we're losing our youth," and that's a fact. And right, all love them better. And then well, if the church were to say. Hey, that's not cool of you to say that. Excommunicate it. Yeah. <laughs> you are a, uh, the best look a credit to your uh, religion, a, a credit to your uh, country, too, Dan. This is a very important work, and we it, it did a tremendous job. And I know it must not have been easy to let those cameras in, especially so much into your home life with you and your wife and your kids and everything else. But I urge everybody to check it out on HBO. And then at some point after HBO has the run, it'll be available to everybody else who doesn't have cable, right? At some point, this will be available for all to see, right, Dan? Correct. Okay, good times. Hey, Correct. always yep. a pleasure to have you on the show. We love you. We love the band. We'll talk well, again soon, guys. okay? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Ikea has gone crazy. I don't know if you if you guys have ever worked at a place where you try to come up with ideas and then you have to, everybody has to go agree on something. Mm-hmm. And then, well, they had meetings and they decided they need a new way to encourage people to come to Ikea. Okay. So they need a special and they're going to do it for cribs. To buy a crib for your baby, mm-hmm. okay. they put ads in magazines, and it's only in Sweden so far. Well, I'll let the news story tell you exactly how it works. A new ad campaign that some people are calling funny and genius, others find it outright gross. Gross. The ad is for a crib for a newborn, but it's also an actual pregnancy test. At the top of the ad, it says, peeing on this ad may change your life. All right, so... <laughs> So a built-in pregnancy test in a magazine ad. Yes. So you tear I don't out, think that's gross at all. You tear out the page, and mm-hmm. then you pee on it. Okay. And then... And they weren't kidding. If you drop some urine on the directed spot on the ad, it will tell you if you're pregnant. The good news, if you are, the ad reveals a discount on the crib. The ad is currently running in a popular woman's magazine in Sweden. Weird, right? Don't bring that magazine to the States. No, please don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They are really grossed out by pregnancy tests. <laughs> well, it, here's my question. 
At first, we thought you had to take the ad in and yes. show them the positive results. Obviously. How else would you get the discount? Well, I think it reveals a code that then you can take in. Huh. But only if it's pregnant pee. So if you're not pregnant and you pee on it, supposedly you don't get the code. But You don't get the code. Then again, why would you want the, the crib if you're not pregnant? I think you know why. Little role play with a hubby. Huh? <laughs> um, I'm stunned. That's an odd... I am stunned that this is affordable enough to be able to put this in thousands and thousands of magazines. A, pr- a pregnancy test can't be inexpensive to make, can it? I don't know how much they cost. Allie, you would know. Sure you probably th- bought a lot of them. How many? Of the, oh, how much I buy they them cost? in bulk, so it's cheaper. <laughs> she goes to Costco. Like, yeah, got 144 at a time. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I mean, if it, if it it has to cost a couple of bucks, I would imagine the technology that would be able to let you know whether you're pregnant based on the hormones in your urine. I can't imagine they, that it would be cost effective, mm-hmm. except for all this free publicity they're getting from doing it all I mean, around the globe. That's all what around it is, the globe. Right? Yeah, yes. that makes sense too. I guess. Yeah, it's odd. And then um, I think what they should do, and they haven't come up with this yet because they don't have the genius that's inside of here. <laughs> As he points to his, his enormous noggin. <laughs> but if you pee on an employee, they have to put it together for you. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because <laughs> Ikea is horrible to put together. Have you ever tried? <laughs> of course. You go, I could master this. I could do anything. And they give you that janky little Stupid wrench little thing. Little janky I don't wrench. even know what that oh, is. Oh, it's so frustrating. And 15 <laughs> minutes in, you go, all right, this is frustrating, but it's not going to beat me. And, and then it's it- very weird because everyone in Sweden speaks perfect English, yet the directions that they include in the Ikea furniture always <laughs> look like they were translated into three or four different languages before they ended up being done into English. Yeah, and if you follow the directions, they don't make sense. And you look at the drawings that they don't mm-hmm. make. It's just not possible. You always have screws left over. Yes. You're like, I don't know where they should have gone. I don't know. Four or five months ago, I got something from Ikea, and I spent about two hours on it, mm-hmm. and then literally just picked everything up and threw it in the trash. <laughs> oh. oh. I was just so frustrated. <laughs> did you pee on it first? I did not pee on it first, no. no. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, covered this story. You're not seeing things. If you're pregnant, you pee on the ad. <laughs> and they'll give you a deal on a crib, which... If you're pregnant, which if you're not pregnant, why would you even buy a crib, you weirdo? (laughs) It's only available in Sweden, but it's getting a lot of attention. So a store here in Los Angeles now is jumping on the bandwagon with a sale that isn't limited to women or cribs. Ikea wants you to pee on an ad and get a discount on a crib. I say Ikea, Schmikea. Come on down to Murray's Home Furniture Warehouse, where you can pee on any piece of furniture in the store and get it for 20% off any piece of furniture. Pee on a sofa, 20% off. Pee on a rug, 20% off. Lazy boys, throw pillows, bunk beds, sealy posture, pee on all of them, 20% off. But don't take my word for it. Ask one of our satisfied customers. So I came in and peed on an ottoman. Got 20% off. It's as easy as one, two, pee. Come on down to Murray's Home Furniture Warehouse, where our prices are guaranteed lowest or your purchases pee. This offer is illegal. See, because... Oh, man. I need somebody to pee on me. Does anybody have to pee? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Stryker, you've never been involved in a Does Kevin Know, have you? No. The peeps like to make fun of me because... Sometimes I have information in my head that I can't access. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you know that you know that the arcade game where there's little teddy bears and you got the claw that comes down. Yes. And you try, that's what facts are like with me. And the, <laughs> and the claw sometimes is broken and it doesn't work. Right. No claw. 
<laughs> so what's going to happen is they're going to ask me questions that I absolutely should know. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to ask if I do know. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I believe the answer will be no. <laughs> and a lot of the times, it's stuff that we had literally discussed that week. Okay. And does Kevin know? All right. Does Kevin know? Does Kevin know? Well, there seems to be some doubt. Does Kevin know? Does Kevin know? I think it's time we all found out. Well, we know he has some knowledge, but it might be pretty small. He thinks he went to college, but he really can't recall. Does Kevin know? Does Kevin know? I think it's time we all found out. Here's the thing, Kevin. We could ask you new stories. We could do whatever. But you'll notice everyone in this room. Why is everyone yeah. in this room in here? We have got Stryker. Produ- we have got assistant producer Christine, Dave the King of Mexico, Omar, Why me, are they all Chip. Here? Because we're your coworkers. Right. You should know basic facts about us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So here's what's oh, going to happen. This is going to be worse. We're, we're going to have you listen to something else. I'm going to ask my coworkers: Is Kevin going to know the answer to this question? Okay. We're going to bet on it. Then you take off your headphones. I'll ask you the question, and we'll see if Kevin knows. Okay. All I right. love this. It's like a game show where they they step off with the headphones, right. like right. a family feud when the person is backstage and they can't hear the question. He is not as much sequestered as that, right? However, I can't hear. I take off my headphones and I plug my ears. Can right. you read lips? I won't be looking. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. And and no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, All right Kevin. Over there, he can't hear us. Okay, okay. Simple. I talk about it all the time. What college did I attend? It starts with the, I know which one. No, don't, you don't oh, say it. Oh, don't say it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Will, will Kevin know it? Will Kevin know? I think, he, I think he will know this. Do you? You said it uh, two days ago with uh-huh. authority. Yes. He'll, Omar thinks he'll know it. Yeah, I he think will. So. I think so. Um, I think so. I, he'll know that. I think he might get the... City, mm-hmm. but not the second part. Agreed. Agreed. I think Agreed. I agree. Oh. Same. Yeah. Okay. Already so, uh, back? All right. I'll let's... bet. I'm. I'm going to bet two dollars. No. That, that he you're, will. You're done. You're okay. done betting. Kevin, you're done betting already. Yes. <laughs> uh, so far, Stryker and Omar believe in you. Okay. The rest of us don't. You two are not very smart. <laughs> let's see. What college did I attend? Well, it's either Boston College or Boston U. B U. Hmm. Is it? Boston College. <gasps> Boom! Kevin! Wow! Yes. Kevin, we, all, we knew you'd get the Boston. Right. Wasn't sure if you'd get the second part. Got it. Well done, Kevin. All right. Good job. I'm sorry. Who uh, ruled against me here? Was it Allie uh, and Dave and uh, Christine? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, and Chip. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Next question. He is gone. What is Stryker's middle name? We just talked about this on Monday. All right. Uh, no. 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 There's no way. Not even a chance. Oh, nope. Totally. Nope. Oh, oh yeah. You believe in him. I, I, yeah, he, he totally knows. Good Lord. Chip. All right. Kevin's coming back. All I heard was stupid Chip going, nope. <laughs> yeah. That's the only word I heard. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, only Omar believes in you for All this All right. One. Thanks, so. uh-huh. You're what, welcome. What is Stryker's middle name? Ramon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is this guy? Oh. Who is he? <laughs> 
like he listens. Oh, well, right. look, in that particular How? case, right. Ramon, I find funny. I find that's oh, okay. oh, wow. a funny middle name. That's a weird name, right? Yeah. All right. I'm so sorry. Who voted against me? Everybody but Omar. Omar. Right. Thank you, you Omar. All right. Next one. Next one. What is the name of Beer Mug's child? Ooh. Oh, nope. 100% yes. I think yes. I think yes as 100%. well. I, oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll know. Yeah. Us. yeah he'll I'm going to say no. Really? Okay. Chip, what about Chip? Yeah, said, she yes, said yes. it at the beginning. Okay. All right. So far, I'm two Allie? for two, by two the way. Two. Yeah, you're good. Kevin, what is the name of Beer Mug's child? Evie. Yeah. yeah. See? I got it. You got it. These two a holes said Kevin, no. I think you. <laughs> You think you I was proving me wrong, and I don't like it. How about yeah. that? See, this was Dave's person. idea, wasn't it? <laughs> this was Dave's idea, wasn't it? No, it was one hundred percent his idea. How about that? All right, next one. Suck it. Go away, right, Kevin. What two bands does Chip have tattoos of? What two bands? Oh my! I, don't... I think he'll get one. I think he'll get both because one is one of his favorite bands. Another is. One of his favorite people. I'm a chip. He'll get one band. He'll get one. Really? Yeah. He gets both. Both, definitely. I'm Mm -hmm. saying both. All right. Come on back, Kevin. All right. What two bands does Chip have tattoos of? What are the two bands? Oh, Foo Fighters and Offspring. Oh, Oh, Impressive. How many people? I said you would. Everybody. Wow. You thought I only get one. one Unbelievable. I mean, come on, people. You should stop doubting. <laughs> wow. All right. Mine's like Go a steel away. trap, Go people. Go right? away. Will Kevin know what the name is of Dave's dog? Yes, because he hates it. He'll know the first name, not the second name. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He'll, he'll I think he'll know it. I say yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Kevin, come on back. That was quick. What is the name of Dave's dog? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, look at that stare. Really? Dave's dog. Has an Instagram account. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, it has an Instagram. Work it out. Work it out. Uh, Ronda Ruffy. Oh! Yes! Yeah! Boom! Yeah. Who he is, is this man? Who is the game? Sucker! <laughs> All right, go away. Go away. Go more. Two more. Can't we stop now? Two more. What is the name of Omar's wife? What is the name of Omar's wife? One hundred percent. Yes. 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 We all think you're going to get this. <laughs> this is where I always fail. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of Omar's wife? Kazi. All right. Yeah, I know her well. What if he go did away. it? That's easy. Yeah, no, that's all right, right. go away. Yeah, because we've had... Just... Yeah, yeah, go away. Right. Last one. If he doesn't know this, I mean, what's wrong with him? What was assistant producer Christine's previous job at K-Rock? Yes. I yes. think he kind of will know, but won't, will not know what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, I yeah. think he'll say another one. I don't think he'll know it. He'll okay. say another. All right, let's do it. Let's go, Kevin. All right. He's not going to get it. Kevin, what was producer Christine's previous job at K-Rock? She was the assistant to the program director. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my God. I mean, she did that for 15, y- 15 years. <laughs> for 15 yards. She did it for 15 she yards. Down Here's Fogg. the thing. Kevin may not know about things we talk about that are in the news. 
huge, huge topics that could help him out in life. But he does. He does know about his coworkers, and I find that delightful. Uh, yeah, although all of you said I wouldn't. A lot of us yeah. did at different times. Does Kevin know? Well, I think we all found out. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Introducing rock and roll. Selling a little or a lot. (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I, um, I may have to move to London, you guys. Okay. I've been thinking about it for a long time, but now I'm convinced that I cannot miss an episode of the ITV Morning Show with Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield because they appear to only have freaks on. The last time we spotlighted these interviewers is when they were interviewing the lady who has sex with all the ghosts. Uh, this morning, they have a male model on who has removed four ribs from his body. Love it. So that's the kind of interviews they do on the show, and that's why we weren't surprised to see her interview this lady, Norul Majiban Hassan who prefers to be known as Fractal Tetris Huracan. Well, she is... I'm, it's a lot of weird words, yeah. I know. What, what, the, what, what does she prefer to be called? She prefers to be called Fractal. She okay. wants her first name to be Fractal, middle okay. name Tetris, uh-huh. last name Huracan. Okay. Don't know where she came up with all of that, but all the right. Tetris part I can explain because she is in love with her Tetris. She only has intimate relationships with objects. Not with men, and it's been that way since she was a little girl. 
ITV interviewers asked how it all began for her. Objects came into your life when you were about the age of seven, and you say that you, you never got butterflies around boys, but you did around objects. So can you remember how it started? It started when I was seven, and I just decided that... Like monorails and iPods and treadmills. Okay, so what? monorails, what? Okay. iPods, and treadmills. In a were, romantic way? Were some of the things that she developed crushes on when she was still still in single digits. Okay. Hmm. So again, the, her whole life, they said other people were you know crushing on boys, not you, right? Not her. And the car GPS, that was another That was another one later on that you found out. That, that was you, when I was 10, yes. Yeah, a little bit later, yeah. I'm glad Because that she would waited. talk to her. Yeah, right? <laughs> Give her some direction in life, something. I'm oh glad she God. waited until she was 10 to fall right? in love with a car GPS because any younger than that is inappropriate. Agreed, Agreed Bean. All right, so let's talk about her previous boyfriend, the calculator named Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> and, how she, and, and how she fell in love with Pierre and, and what went wrong? Well, I thought that Pierre is really beautiful and I love the um, buttons on him and the track pad is beautiful. I mean, not just the buttons, you guys, but the but track, the track pad. Sure. Okay. Pierre had everything, yeah. right? And I just loved his function. We should point out that Pierre sadly broke and uh, yeah. and so uh, so you went you went on to other attractions braxton the oscilloscope Shh, what <laughs> they are straight up what? acting like this is a normal conversation to have i love yes. that sadly we have to report uh, that pierre broke she wore pierre out <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. and, and by the way if you're in love with pierre mm-hmm. do you just abandon him because right? he's not as yeah. functional i mean that was oh he broke a leg i can't date him anymore yeah. i mean it's kind of cruel and rude i think yeah. <laughs> what's pierre supposed to do now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now Pierre's all alone. By the way, let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that she dated an oscilloscope that she named Braxton. That Love was it. part of her life, okay? She's she, leaving a trail of just broken items, man. She is. Whew. I don't I in no way mean to slut shame because, you know, whatever turns you on, but oh. she is working through the electronics <laughs> in her home, man. There's almost nothing she hadn't climbed on top of. All right, so we're getting to Tetris, her current love. Um, and then in 2016, uh, then the, this relationship you currently have, which is the Tetris cartridge, not the Game Boy that it goes into, but it's the, it is the cartridge itself, yes, isn't the it? Physi- well, that's kind of incorrect. I'm in love with the game himself and the cartridge is a means, a vessel of presenting him. So okay. why? Why why that in particular? What is it about Tetris that you love? <sighs> Love's not something you can explain, but it's... It's not something you can explain, yeah. you guys. I mean, she's I right. Mean, don't How ask do you me to explain, explain love? love. Right? The heart is complicated. The heart wants what it wants, and it wants Tetris. <laughs> Honestly, part of it is that I, I can, you know, it's the clearing lines. It satisfies me. What does she say mm. there? Let me play it again. I can, you know, it's the clearing lines. It satisfies me. And Anyone? Clearing lines? Clearing the lines. It satisfies me. What does that even mean? Is clearing that, the lines. Maybe that as you're playing, you cleared the little dot, 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 dot. Maybe is that what, what it is? is. She's yeah. referring to something that you do in the game. Okay. Yeah. He's just really beautiful. It's a feeling. I find him just so attractive. And uh, and this is uh, this is a uh, uh, not to put you know, sort of, oh, we'll do, do this it, delicately, Philip. but this is a personal, intimate relationship as well. Yes, it's very intimate. No follow-up questions on that, by the way. Right? How does that work with the Tetrich cartridge? 
How Allie does that say, work? Don't ask that question. Uh, don't do it, thinking, Philip. Don't do it. That's where you do your deep dive right there. How dare you? Have to, you have to get some details. <laughs> Allie is right that they are, they are treating her like she's not mentally insane. Yeah. All right. So the interviewers are asking her, how does this, uh, the logistics of this relationship, how did they work? If it were, if you were dating a young man, you would take him out. You guys would have dates. You would go out with friends. You would take him home to your family. You would spend time together. What's it like for you and Tetros together with your private time? My usual dates with him is just me sitting in the library playing him for hours on end. Mm. And uh, I'll, sometimes I'll just be playing him on the Game Boy. Um, I'll play him in general. In the library? She doesn't even have him at home? Well, no follow-up on that either, it's, by it's the way. a date. You don't want to, you want to take your significant yeah. other out. Yeah, show him oh, off. I right? see. So she's yeah. got him at home, and then when it's like Friday night and she's got the time. She gets all she dressed up. And takes him to the library. <laughs> okay. And does it matter that other people have Game Boys and other people play Tetris? Do you ever get jealous Not of them? By the way, that's a great that question. Is yeah. a great question. I got to give credit for that one. Right. So it, this is just a personal thing for you with, with that one in particular, is it? No, I'm in love with the game in as a whole, but I don't care if other people play him as long as nobody else is trying to date him romantically or is, is in a more intimate relationship with him in a way. So, Ali, if you start pretty, dating Tetris. She's pretty safe there. Yeah. If you start dating Tetris, though, it sounds to me like it's on. Yeah, obviously. You got your, you've just made yourself an enemy, it sounds like. Listen, I'm still into Pierre. I feel like she <laughs> left him at a very hard time, and I want to build him back up. <laughs> Can you see a time in your life when, and, and, and as a friend of mine used to say, every, every pot has a lid. You know, everybody has the things that they, that they love. That there is. All right. Now, this is the last question we'll hear from this interview from He's, the ITV. I'm he, guessing he's going to try and get to what about people? He is, yes, he is, but okay. he is bending over backwards in this question to make sure that his guest does not feel at all isolated or made fun of. He's basically saying everything's cool, like what, whatever you're into, you're into. All right, so we're happy for you. We're happy for you. No accounting for our massive sexual spectrum that we have. Everybody's different. There is room for everybody. You are not hurting anybody. You are getting a great deal of enjoyment from this. I but mean, Pierre. he is really no, going Pierre. for it, isn't it? Pierre is right. What about Pierre? <laughs> he refuses to say that she's a nut job, though. He's treating her like she's not ill. Is what she is not ill. I'm with him. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that there would be a moment where human contact would be important to you? In the sense that human contact, I will, I'm fine with just having friendships, like human friendships, close friendships. I'm not really interested in romantic relationships. Mm. I've tried romantic relationships with humans, and they never worked out. Oh, they, they, never oh they never worked out. Fractal, mm. I have news for you, my dear. It's not them. <laughs> it's you. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. Hey, Dr. Judy Ho. Hi. How are you, Bean? Big fan of yours. So grateful that you made some time to come in and see us here on the Kevin and Bean Show today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You are a licensed clinical and forensic psychologist, which sounds like you must be incredibly smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I went to a lot of school. <laughs> yes, it, indeed. Um, boy, do we need you, doctor. Boy, do we need you. We have been hit so hard here at K-Rock over the last year or so with everybody from Chester Bennington mm -hmm. to uh, Chris Cornell to Avicii. Just in the last couple of weeks, obviously, we've seen the Anthony Bourdain and the Kate Spade suicides. And I, I saw Christiana Ampora on CNN last night who was saying that 
it's an epidemic. Suicide has become an epidemic around the world right now. Is is that an exaggeration? No, it's not an exaggeration at all because suicide has gone up 30% in the last couple of decades. And that's a huge deal. And before we were thinking, you know, okay, maybe this is just among maybe a subsection of the population. We were talking about teenagers, that they had suicide on the rise. But now these new statistics actually show it's across the board, no matter what your age range is, no matter what your background is, it's hitting everybody. And I really do think that there is a a true increase and that perhaps there's a number of different things that have changed about our culture that are making it seem like it's an easier way out, which is really sad. Like maybe Mm. this is the fix, the quick fix to all of their problems. Yeah, we're an instant gratification society. Maybe that's the rationale now. Right. And I don't think that it helps when we see how people are treated Mm -hmm. post-mortem. When we look at sort of exactly, you know, when we talk mostly celebrities and how much they are revered, especially right after mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. commit suicide, I don't think that helps, especially the more young and impressionable ball lines. Oh, like, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, like, and there wow. is a thing called suicide contagion, correct? Yes. yes. And that's real. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why it's so nice that I see the media trying to shift the way that they cover these stories. Yes. Before, they would go into so much detail about how the person actually killed themselves. Right. I remember when Robin Williams' suicide was covered, there was a lot of detail about how mm-hmm. he hung himself, right? They even made visuals sometimes. Oh, they right? animations. It. Yes. it was horrible. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that that's de-emphasized because that's part of what really contributes to that suicide contagion. I do feel like one of the first things that starts to be said after the shock of reporting the news, like in Anthony Bourdain's case, is they almost immediately now go to people talking about how they either were aware of his struggles in the past Mm -hmm. or they weren't. And I think there's so much more awareness now that everybody is walking around with something going on inside their heads and and you really have to be careful and perceptive to get a hint that there's a problem, right? Absolutely. And I think that that is sometimes what loved ones struggle with the most. You know, could I have done something to stop this? Could I have seen the signs? And I don't think people should blame themselves because Mm -mm. not everybody displays their mental illness or their depression in the same way. I mean, we certainly can talk about common signs, but at the same time, Unfortunately, when somebody is in that sort of very bleak state, they've mostly isolated themselves from the people that really know them the best. Right. There are still people that I see on social media, and I'm sure you do as well, who look at some of these names that we've mentioned, like Avicii is a perfect example. Young, handsome, Mm -hmm. incredibly wealthy, incredibly popular, and they just can't understand how somebody who from the outside appears to have everything in the world to live for would right. make that that ultimate that ultimate decision. Right. How do you how do you explain that to people who just get they have a disconnect between what they think that person's life is and what their real life is? Absolutely. I, you know, I know that it looks perplexing, but I think the important thing to understand is that depression is really about your perception of your life, right? So other people can look at your life and they say, "Wow, your life is amazing." Well, the person who is depressed, it's about their mindset and it's about the way they think. And so if they have thoughts about their life that It's really not as good as it should be. It could be better. Is it ever going to get better? Especially the sense of hopelessness. That's really kind of what we're talking about. It's really their view of what life is. And so unfortunately with depression, their thought process is usually the glass is half empty and also Mm -hmm. that the world is never going to change. So if you're dissatisfied about something that's going on in their life, 
they don't think it's going to get better. What's the best way for somebody to get help or treatment or medication without insurance or with minimal insurance? Now, that's a great mm, that's question a because great a question. lot of people face that dilemma. They know they need help, but they can't afford it. That's a great question. You know, um, the secret is actually university-based clinics because universities who have doctoral programs that are training psychologists, they have supervised clinics where these advanced doctoral students are going to be working with these individuals and they do sliding fee to free, but they're getting amazing care. It's very scientific and evidence-based and the clinical supervisors are watching them the whole time. It's a really good way to actually get in the door. Let's go to uh, Lindsay. She's on line four calling from Los Angeles. I think she has a question that is going to echo with a lot of our listeners. Lindsay, welcome to the Kevin Bean Show. You're on with Dr. Ho. Hey, guys. Thanks. Um, I am actually a spouse of somebody who suffers from severe depression. Um, he's an emergency veterinarian, so and he loves what he does. But the environment that which he works in is very toxic and can be obviously all he sees is negativity which is really, really hard. Um, And so when it's really great, it's really great. And when it's really bad, it's very bad. So as a spouse and somebody who doesn't suffer from depression, Mm. it's like everything I do to help trigger something. So it's like I I try to say, hey, you know, are you going to see your therapist? Are you you taking the steps? And that only upsets him more, Mm. which is totally understandable. But on my end, I'm like, okay, I really want to help. I see my husband in pain. That's my partner. You know, when, when he suffers, yeah. I suffer. And I, I'm not putting that saying I suffer any, any worse. It's just I don't know the steps I need to take in order to keep myself healthy. As and what well about as, that, doctor? It's real tough to feel like you're walking on eggshells because everything uh, you say is upsetting to someone, right? Absolutely. And Lindsay, we feel you, you know, I mean, just because you're not the one actually suffering from depression, you know, it's actually really hard to care for somebody with depression because they do push you away. We were just talking about that before the break. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're trying to sort of kind of keep him on his appointments, make sure he's doing what he's doing, but then he really feels judged by that. And I think the best thing that you can do as a loved one is just be there for them and ask them what they need from you. You know, I think every day it can be different with somebody who's really severely depressed. Some days they're feeling great. And then when you say, hey, did you see your therapist? And that can trigger them. It's like, I'm feeling fine today. Why are you doing this to me? So I think you just have to take it day by day and just be there for him. I know it's hard to like stay in there, but just be there, sit next to him, ask him what he needs from you today. Every day can be a little different. You can, of course, encourage him to get help. That's important, but let him and his doctor handle it. So if he says, I am still in touch with my doctor, ask for permission to speak to that doctor. Ask for your for your um, husband to sign over a release that you can check in with a doctor directly about oh. what he's doing. That's another good way to keep yeah. tabs on the person instead of having to like actually talk to them directly and make them feel triggered, if that makes sense. Right. Thank you for the call, Lindsay. We really appreciate it. We're going to squeeze in just one more. Uh, Allie, you wanted line six? Is that the one you um, want? Yeah, we've, uh, we've talked a little bit about it, but how do we then approach people that are distancing themselves? I think that's Eric's question. Yeah. Hi, Eric. Um, I think, hi. Um, So, you know, if you have a loved one who is distancing themselves from you, what have you done to try to bring them back? Is there anything that you've tried to sort of get re-engage them? The first thing I always try to do is just try to start a conversation. Like this person, she's always trying to push me away. She says she hates me. I actually Mm -hmm. got to a point that she says she wants me dead because I'm trying Uh. to help her. So what I do is I just try to initiate a conversation, something we have common ground on. Right. Just keep going from there. See what we can do. Yeah, you know, it's it really tough. 
yeah, they really do. They really do push you away. And again, that's their illness. And it's hard to, to not feel, you know, sort of upset by that and want to go away. Yeah, don't I, take it personally, right? No, don't yeah. take it personally. But, you know, no texting. I really think, again, that real connection, Ali, we were just Absolutely. talking about this. You got to call them. You got to show up at their house. Let me take you out for coffee. Let's go out to dinner. Come on, let's get dressed. Let's clean up your room. I mean, just go and actually have community with them. Just check in on them every few days. And if they say, go away, okay, well, but I brought you some coffee. Let me sit with you for 20 minutes and then I'll go, right? But you can keep it time limited, but I think that real connection is very important. Absolutely. Eric, good luck to you, my friend. Thank you for calling. Oh, man, I'm so sorry that we're out of time. Um, this is such an important discussion. And I, I think, Doctor, if I, if I understand you correctly, we've got a long way to go, but we are going in the right direction in this country with how we deal with and how we talk about mental illness and particularly suicide, right? Absolutely. And I just want to thank you guys for having this conversation because we need to talk about it to further destigmatize mm-hmm. this whole thing. You know, it is the same as a physical illness. It's medical. Let's treat it as such and let's stop this epidemic of suicide. Amen. Those are those are very important words. Take that away from this conversation. All right. Thanks, Doc. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's a total disaster. On K-Rock. I should have asked Omar to come in because this oh. is really, this oh, is no. just, oh, this dear. is DJ Omar Khan I mean, radio that you're about to hear. Do you have anything else that you're this weighing? Maybe I have something else that I could no, use? No, these are the, these I are see. the stories. Okay. These are the, this is the thing for today. Okay. I think, I, I think uh, one story you'll be pleased with. The other will just, uh, if it affects you the same way it affects me, you'll just be confused by it. All right. This one, uh, story number one, is in East Granby. Police credit a motion-activated camera with helping them capture a suspect in three cases of feces being found in the middle of a cul-de-sac. Yes, this is a serial pooper who has been caught and identified, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, all right. A, A warrant was issued, and Holly Malone, 43, who thought it would be a lady... Not me. Zero people. (laughs) (laughs) Holly Malone, 43, of Simsbury, was taken into custody after an unrelated traffic stop connected her to the vehicle in the video. She was charged with a breach of peace and creating hazardous conditions. (laughs) I was wondering what they charge you with. I mean, I was wondering, is it just littering? I mean, what? It's apparently it's creating hazardous conditions. But was it in the street? Maybe that's why? In the middle of a cul-de-sac, Yeah, so maybe, maybe if cars were trying to avoid it. They would consider that. I don't and, know. Or, or maybe yeah. it's just the, uh, the the toxic nature of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know how they would classify that. She was released on bond. Is scheduled to be arraigned on March first. By the way, how's that conversation go with her friends and family? Yeah, I got to go to court. Oh, really? What what for, Holly? Well, <laughs> right. And then she says, it, and then their friends go again. Police said her reason was that she could not make it to her destination or to the bathroom. There were three separate incidents of serial pooping found in the roadway at Kirkstone Drive on November 7th and November 16th. So then they put up a motion-activated camera that was installed, and on December 5th, it recorded the suspect's vehicle and another poop incident. Police described the street as being undeveloped. So hmm. does it? Hmm, that's interesting. I just noticed that. I wonder if that means she kind of drove out of her way to look for a place where it was likely she could get out of her car and not be seen by yeah, residents, perhaps. That yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, she was identified and admitted her involvement with the incident. She told them that she is, ready, Allie, yep. lactose intolerant. Oh, sweet spirit. And sometimes is, quote, stupid and doesn't avoid dairy. Yeah, I, I she, get she everything she about this woman. For her yeah. You do, except, except, for the, except for her. The yeah. cul-de-sac uh-huh. pooping. <laughs> sure, except for that. So uh, sometimes you just go, look, I know this is going to wreak havoc on my system, but I really, really feel like a pizza. Yeah. So I'm just going to have a pizza. I'm just going to deal with the consequences. Worth right? it. 
And is there is there any um, health detriment to to that experience? I mean, I know it's unpleasant, but do, it, does it hurt you at I all? I mean, I can't I can't imagine your body being put through something like that that you're allergic to. It can't be mm-hmm. good over time I mean, if it's you not keep doing it. A positive. It's no. not ideal, but no. it's not the type of thing. If you did repeatedly, that would land you in the hospital or make you like super sick, or it's not dangerous, right? It might be. It might be. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I don't know anything about lactose intolerance. And is that something you're you're born with? It's your whole life, or do you develop it later in life? Uh, I, I don't have that answer, but I don't believe that I could have my mother's breast milk. Wow! So from the from the beginning, so deep how's dive that? on this Good one. Morning. Deep dive. Hey. I'm fascinated. I didn't latch All on right. either, and um... <laughs> that explains a lot of uh, commitment <laughs> issues, doesn't it? And this one, uh, part two of uh, DJ Obercon's Poop Radio Tribute, is I don't, I'm, I can't, and I won't, and I, and I just help here. This is uh, out of the UK, a suspected drug dealer on a record-breaking poop strike is now going into his 29th day without pooping. Short version of this story is he was arrested with drugs on him and was charged with the intent to supply Class A drugs, so he swallowed them. Right. And they said, well, we're going to have that evidence as soon as nature takes its course. This article suggests, no, no, it actually says outright he has been in jail for 29 days without poop. How is that humanly possible? I I don't know. My question, Kevin, even better is how is that humanly possible? How are they in their fifth week of the Essex police waiting for him? And don't you just – can't you give somebody something that will make it beyond their control to poop? How is that possible for humans? Yes. Uh, What I would ask, though, is how is that humanly possible? That's a great question, Uh Allie. It does seem like this would kill you. Like – the toxins in your body yeah. after that amount of time, I feel like would kill you. Guys, I don't now, think this is possible. <laughs> really? <laughs> this article suggests, by the way, and again, this is part of my utter confusion with the piece, is that he is in control of what he's eating, and it sounds like his mom is bringing him food. What? So he is eating Frosty's cereal bar. He's eating fish. He's eating fruits and vegetables. Again, why isn't the jail regulating strongly what's going in so that they have better control out of what's going out? So uh, there's only so much, you, uh, so long you can hang on, says a doctor from the Primary Care Society of Gastroenterology. You won't get a devastating buildup of toxins that can poison the body in such a short span of time. You're just going to get a lot of uncomfortable stretching of intestinal tubes. It's an acute situation, not chronic, but ultimately things will move through the bowel and it hmm. will empty itself. But is he smart in that the drugs will also work them, their, themselves through his system. That's a oh. great question. And then when he poops, he's clean. He, in other words, if he just <laughs> I hate this. if he just too. absorbs them right. into his system, he he'll show he'll test positive for drugs, but there won't be whatever the the bulk evidence was they were looking for to suggest that he was trying to sell it. Exactly. The Essex Police, by the way, on their social media has Poo Watch as a hashtag to keep us all updated about any sudden movement. Do we have to follow that? We don't. Okay. We don't. We can forget we ever heard this story and we okay. can move on. But I just I had the one two punch of those stories and I said it's just it's too good to not bring them to you. I pooped my pants. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock K R O Q. 
Here's the opening paragraph of this article from Bustle.com. When it comes to infidelity, whether or not someone has cheated isn't always black and white. But now there's a new term floating around, micro-cheating. It might complicate matters even further. What is micro-cheating? It's a nifty new word used to describe all the little ways that someone might cheat on their partner without technically doing so. So you can cheat while not cheating? Hmm. Yes, that's what we're talking about. All right, here's the news from CBS New York. Micro-cheating refers to a small series of actions that don't quite meet the definition for cheating. So, for example, frequent confiding with somebody outside of the marriage. The micro-cheater might rationalize this as just talking to a friend. But psychologist Barbara Greenberg says this is actually a very intimate act. The difference between a friendship and micro-cheating is friendships are usually not kept secret. Okay, now that uh, that's the first thing that was said in this report that started to bring this into focus for me. Because if I have a conversation with a friend who happens to be a woman about anything and don't tell my wife about it, I don't think that's me cheating. That's me having a relationship with a friend, right? Agree. But I guess what the doc is saying is as long as I'm not going out of my way to keep that conversation a secret, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But once all of a sudden it's special between me and this friend, now my wife's got a reason to be upset. Am I reading that correctly? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And do we agree with that? Yeah. Okay, let's hear some more. But when you're talking to somebody and keeping it secret, that starts to meet the definition of micro-cheating. Other examples of micro-cheating, according to the experts, calling or texting a friend for information or advice on an issue that could easily be found online. I mean, I do what? often text text models and say, what is right? the population of North Dakota? You know, just because I thought they might know. <laughs> Where do you suppose that one is coming from? Is it, is it, in other words, is she suggesting that you make up excuses to have a conversation with somebody? It sounds like that. Yeah. yeah. Like you could find the information quicker probably by just going someplace yes. else. Right. But the someplace else isn't hot, Kevin. Right? That's what you're not remembering. You're not keeping that in mind. All right. Let's find out what else is micro cheating. Giving an attractive waitress or waiter an excessively large tip. Okay. Now, again, I break with the doctor here. If she's hot, she gets my money. I'm sorry. No, no, no. What you mean to say, Bean, is if she's a great waitress, she gets your money. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, she's extremely competent in her very important and difficult job when I pay her more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I meant to say. All right, is that micro-cheating? If you, get, if you throw a couple of extra bucks at an attractive server, male or female, because you, I don't know, is that considered some sort of flirting or something? I, I mean, don't. I don't what, see it unless you're going like, back every lunch requesting to right. sit in her area. That and seems then, like a reach. Uh, yeah, that's that's a reach. Yeah, I would think so too. But yeah. but would I guess the question the doctor might ask, kind of going back to the text conversation earlier, is would you put that extra money on the bill if you were sitting there with your girlfriend? Um, and, and, and the answer, would, of course, is you know, yes. <laughs> that's that's what you like to say, right? All right, let's hear some more. And neglecting to mention a significant other in a conversation so as to appear single on purpose. Now, that's interesting. So you're you're having a conversation with somebody. You're at a party or something like that, and you talk about all these things that you did and all these places that you went, and you kind of don't mention that you did those things with your spouse maybe? I've I've had guys do that, totally downplay that they're in a relationship, you're chatting at a bar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've watched guys put girls' numbers in phones, Mm -hmm. not with her name, but like Steve, whatever. Let me get back to this later. Yeah, it's it's, if you're downplaying your relationship in any way, shape or form, uh, it's probably not a good sign. 
So is the way around that, if you're ever having a conversation with a member of the opposite sex that you don't uh, that you don't know or don't know well, to like in that opening paragraph go, hey, my name is so-and-so and I'm married. I mean, is that what you're supposed to do is like get everything out, out up top? So no, I think you're not no, supposed to do these micro-cheating things. Yeah, there's but a th- difference between being way too open about something like, hi, I'm Jim. I've been married for eight years. Or... Hi, I'm Jim. I love to go hiking. Do you go hiking? Oh, I go hiking all the time alone. Nope. No one tied to me. I'm just Jim, real free. There's a huge difference between those two things. I feel like you've met Jim. I've met so many Jims, and I'm convinced I'm so many Steves and phones. Another one of them was you are totally keeping tabs of someone on their social media. Like, oh, look at what she just tweeted. Hey, did you see this picture? That Too much over of time that, yeah. could be like, why are you so obsessed with this person's social media? So I don't think it's just every now and then. This is a gradual erosion. And I wonder if the person who is doing that, the person who is following an ex or just following somebody that they kind of have a crush on or something that online, I wonder if in their mind they think, I'm just looking at public social media. I'm not even having any interaction with this Mm -hmm. person. So how can I possibly be doing anything wrong? And I'm sorry. I think that's a defensible position. Well, of course, because you like gaslighting people, Bean. That's what you do. No, but you what make I'm saying... the lady feel like she's crazy while you're busy manipulating. No, no, no. I'm just saying hypothetically <laughs> what I'm saying is if somebody is just looking at a girl, in this case a girl's social media, what is he really doing wrong? Yeah, I don't – there's so many of these that I'm like, calm this down. Sounds questionable. It's yeah, take it easy. Yeah, if, if you're then sliding into the DMs like, hey, All your right. hair looks great in that picture, then you're, you're entering a different realm. But All a right. lot of this stuff is – Maybe calm down a little bit. Do you think? Okay, let's take yeah. one real quick. Let's make it Deanna or Dina. I'm sorry, I don't know which. Whittier, line one, please. Hey, Dina or Deanna. Hi, um, my name's Deanna. Okay, thank you. I actually, Hi. I'm actually on the other side of this. Oh. I was the micro cheater. Okay, and I didn't think it. it was a big deal until I just. We'll be the judge of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happened? Um, I was having a lot of, we just had a couple kids, uh, back to back. So I was like really stressed out at home mm-hmm. and I didn't want to talk to my spouse about it. Mm-hmm. Instead, I reached out to, um, an old friend who was an old boyfriend. Sex. No, no, no. Okay. Never boyfriend. Just check. Okay. Never. It was completely platonic, but, um, it still hurt his feelings once he found out because I, I was keeping it a secret. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, know, I think so it... it was a secret friendship mm-hmm. because I wanted it for myself and my sanity. But you needed you needed hand... somewhere to vent about your stressful life that involved your newborn kids and your husband. Right. Yes. All right, Allie, how do you feel about that? I completely get it because we we need those things. We but to keep it an active secret because I think a part of you probably whether you wanted to admit it or not hearing it today made you go oh shoot that was what i was doing you mm-hmm. you knew something would make him mad exactly maybe you should and pick a girl to complain to well that's I not that's not micro cheating though it's it's she's turning I'm, to someone for an emotional support right. that she's not right. getting from him right right just, and it like destroyed our relationship for a couple years oh I mean, no a couple oh, years yeah. how about now are things are things better it's better till an argument comes up. Oh, <laughs> and then this always comes and back. Then it's on. Yeah. What about Chad? Remember Chad? <laughs> Was that his name? I don't know. It's 
Good luck to you and your husband and your boyfriend. (laughs) Natalie and Dave and Gabby and Tammy and all the rest, you hang on. We'll get to you right after this on K-Rock. You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K-Rock. K-Rock. We're talking about micro-cheating now on the Kevin and Bean Show. Uh, It's not quite infidelity, but it is behavior that your partner maybe doesn't know about and certainly wouldn't approve of. Martha writes in from Whittier, 626. How about when a man invites a 20-year-old female jogger into his home to take a shower? (laughs) Is that micro-cheating? Well, I I don't think so because your wife was there. Yeah, she was. Right? Yeah, I I had her. I mean, she was tied up in the basement, but technically she was home. Right. All right. Give me some Rob here in a Whittier line. Six. I think he's going to shed some light on this with some good, uh, some good observations for all of us. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Thank hey. you. So the the whole micro cheating thing. I think the the thing we need to ask ourselves and be real about it is we get we all got get hung up on the action, but really we've got to go back a step and look at the intent. Like, you know, if if we use an example, you know, I jump on Facebook and you know a friend of mine, a you know female friend, goes on a trip to Rome and I want to look at photos of her Rome holiday, maybe to plan my own holiday. Mm-hmm. No big deal. You right. Know? friend of mine jump on Facebook. I'm looking at her photos of her going to Rome because I'm sitting there thinking my wife's a nag and I picture what it would have been like if I'd married her instead. Micro-cheating. You know, Mm -hmm. same action, different intent. And I think... Yeah, but now aren't we getting into... Aren't we getting into what's going on in someone's brain and how much should they be punished for something that is just a fleeting thought that they're not acting on? Well, yeah, it is. Well, it is. It's in our brain because that's where it all starts. You know, that's, that's where it all begins. I'm sure that anyone who's you know, like cheated or been, you know, um, dishonest with their with their spouse. It started probably with a thought or a, or a gesture or a look or a wink or you know, it, it does start with us, and that's the only thing that we can take accountability for is our own, you know, our own thoughts and our own actions. I, We've got to like, I think, get on it at the at the root and not not let it kind of manifest. And I know, totally agree with Rob. I also think for some people, intent can change. So an intent of looking at someone's pictures can then be like, hey, did you have fun in Italy? Did it, and then realize, oh, this is a really fun person. It can gradually hey, you look erode. Great you really look good in this picture in, in Italy. Intent can change, but I still stand firm with if you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. So whether it starts off micro, then it goes to emotional, then it goes to physical, you know you're going to do it. All right, but let me so go let ahead. me so let me ahead. throw this out no. there. Do we want Rob on the air with his phony accent judging us? Is that what we're looking at here? <laughs> no, what I want is a picture oh, of Rob. Gosh. What? Wow. Wow. Allie wants oh. a picture of Rob. I'm just okay, saying, Rob, I like this your is escalated accent. in a yeah. good direction now. I think you know my intent, Rob. <laughs> All right, Rob. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Let's go to Natalie and Orange. She's on line two. I think are we little... lucky that anyone ever calls us? <laughs> yes. yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> I think Natalie's is a little more clear cut that there's some uh, some nonsense going on here. Let's see if you guys agree. Hey, Natalie. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. Micro cheating. Yeah, so I don't know if this is or isn't. My boyfriend of five years. Yeah, we live together. He goes down to the local Toys R Us for adults, right? Mm-hmm. And he says he has these two girls helping him pick out, you know, the perfect toy to bring home and the lotion, blah blah blah. So he comes home with a bag. I saw the bag. He's like, hey, I got something for you later. I'm like, hey, (laughs) good times, right? He goes, oh, I'll be right back. And he leaves the house again. So I later found out that the girls were so helpful that he took them a pizza. Is that micro cheating? <laughs> took they, weren't, they weren't helpful as much as they were hot. That's what was happening. <laughs> he took them a pizza. <laughs> he took them a pizza for lunch. And I'm by like, wow, that's by pretty nice of you. Yeah, by you saying I found out later, did he tell you? Yeah, he told me the next day that these girls were really helpful. How'd you like it? I'm like, yeah, I had a good time last night. I really liked that one lotion. 
And he's like, yeah, these girls are so helpful that I went and took him a pizza. Well, if he told and you he like, took him a pizza, then to me, that's oh. not micro-cheating at all. He's well, not bringing ugly chicks at Nordstrom that helped him pick out a sweater or a pizza. No. Well, not that I know of. But <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> You know, now the running joke is, hey, babe, I'm a little low on some motion. Can you take them down to the KFC and see what you come back with? <laughs> well, it sounds like you're handling it just right, Natalie. Thanks for the call. The Kevin and Bean Show. Just, just, just not, not, not funny. K-Rock. Are there any words that give you the heebie-jeebies? Yes. Uh, words you'd be willing to say out loud? Moist. Really? You're a moister. Uh, nope, I am not. I hate that word. <laughs> Why? It's uh, I can't. It's just no. But have you ever stopped to think about why? Why does yeah. that one word give you the heebie-jeebies? Yeah, because it's gross. Why is it gross? I don't want to explain to you why it's gross, Bean, but trust me, it's gross. Well, maybe this news report will help uh, make some sense of it. It's the word that everyone hates. It sends shivers down people's spines and makes their face cringe. Why does this one word evoke such an intense reaction? Why is the word that shall not be said moist? Ah! Why do you say it like that? Oh, my God. Moist. Ah! No! Well, now I now I don't even have to go on with this story. Now I can just play. Moist. <laughs> All right. So they have done research into why that word, more than any other word, is the word. Oh, and by the way, you're going to be surprised to hear. What do you think the percentage is of people who feel like you do, Allie, that have a problem with that word? I'd say over 50. So let's go 63. You say 63. And again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about moist. Oh. All right, let's find out. Moist psychologically is a very loaded word. According to a research study conducted by psychology professor Dr. Paul Thibodeau, around 18% of American English speakers... 18%? Huh. That's all it is. So the vast majority of people are completely fine with that word, but those people who who hate it are pretty vocal about and it. And I don't think they've heard him say it. Yes, the way he says it might up that, uh, up that number considerably. Hate the word moist. And the hate behind moist stems from words association. When I think of the word moist, other words I think of are sponge, sticky, thick. Go on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I kind of start thinking of, yeah, maybe, maybe some like bodily fluid type of grossness, maybe some like sweatiness, or I don't want to use the word discharge, but I just said oh, discharge. Oh, sure. <laughs> My God, it's too early for this bean. He's not making it any better, is he? Uh, is that the problem with you, is the association with bodily functions? Is that your moist, uh, your moist problem? Yeah. It is okay. The word moist is fine. I don't care about the word moist. I've never hated it. Dr. Thibodeau looked into three hypotheses. Maybe it was the way moist is pronounced that disgusts people. Or possibly it's the word's connotation that makes people cringe. Or it could be that people are simply jumping on the cultural trend that moist is a gross word. By the way, I think there's a lot of that going on. I think moist is one of those things like people who are, say they're afraid of clowns because other people are afraid of clowns. I don't think they have any problem with moist, but they know that that's the thing to, to not like is moist. I <sighs> honestly believe there's a lot of bandwagoning going on. Moist clowns. I, <laughs> moist clowns are the best clowns. <laughs> I also don't know why this psychological study has to have this dance bed underneath. It's, I don't know why. It's very peppy. I, I don't know why everything has to have music on it, but it does on the internet. I don't hate the word moist because other people hate the word moist. I'm perfectly capable of hating my own things all by myself. Participants were asked what they thought of the word moist when grouped together with other words like phlegm and vomit. 
and words related to sex. Dr. Thibodeau also asked what they thought of the words that sound like moist, like foist and hoist and rejoice. Now, how about that, Ali? Do you have any problem with hoisting and foisting? No, why would I? They don't... But they sound, know. sound so much like moist, though. Well, let's find out. Foist is an awesome word. Hoist is the awesome word. Rejoice is an awesome word. I know. I don't mind those words. I think hoist is a is a word that is necessary in conversation sometimes. When was the last time anyone used the word hoist? Uh, by the way? Monday. <laughs> oh really? All right. I'm gonna hoist the that over my head. That, is that what you said? Yeah. You actually used it in a sentence. Okay, no. that's fine. The results suggested that people don't like the word moist because of its connection to body fluids and functions and phlegm and vomit. But that's not all. The study also found there was a bandwagoning effect happening. Okay, here you go. When researchers showed two groups, two different videos, one where male celebrities are awkwardly saying the word moist. All right, now here's going to be the key that's going to break you of your dislike for the word moist. Listen to what they showed the second group. The first group is celebrities awkwardly saying the word moist. Here's what they showed the second group. And one where moist is being used to describe cake. Boom! When you hear the word <laughs> moist, Allie. You really think you healed me. Yes. <laughs> no. You, he just you, nope. you don't think phlegm. You don't think discharge. You think cake. I you recently word- had a server describe the cake as the moistest cake they've ever had. And I was like, uh-huh. I'm out. But that's, nope. a deli- but that's a delicious piece nope. of cake right there. Moist cake is the best cake. Well, moist cake can be something else, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Only the group that watched the first video reacted negatively. I sort of feel like if there is a bandwagon, something is genuinely wrong with that word. Don't jump in the bandwagon. If all your friends jumped off the word moist, would you... There you have it. Okay, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the scientific survey on the word moist, 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 moist. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Lame! Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 